Thank you for joining us again for the I Believe in Love book study. And we are discussing conference seven today. And this is, again, yeah, one I, of our favorites. Yeah, Kara, I was going to say, I was trying to evaluate, have I said it before? I've said it on every single one. <laughs> um, I think this is probably my favorite chapter. Yeah. Like it's the chapter I visit the most. It's the chapter I share with folks the mm-hmm. most. Um, it's just, once again, while we're doing the study, hitting very timely. I think it, it gets to the heart too of the mission of the church Absolutely. that we're all called right. to go out in whatever form that means. If mm-hmm. it's, you know, an actually established apostolate or if it's just going out saying the name of Jesus, as this chapter says to people. Right. Like it gets at the heart of the lay mission. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the reality. There are apostolates that exist. Sushipe as yeah. an apostolate, draw near as an, mm-hmm. an apostolate, but also you as an individual believer, yeah, baptized, confirmed, you have your own individual apostolate as well. Mm-hmm. And I like how he frames that. I do too. Um, I actually, when I was reading this, uh, it's almost at the very end of the chapter, but I wrote next to on the top of 187, I wrote defining apostolate because I felt like this was the paragraph where it was like, if you're unsure what an apostolate is. This is a very beautiful and generic yeah, in my, in, right. I mean, it gets at really the the simplest form of it. It says, Jesus thirsts for souls. They cannot go to him for they do not know him. He cannot go visibly to them because he has condemned himself to silence hidden in the tabernacle. He himself needs others because he wishes to use them as his instruments. So I love I love the in- imagery of he's condemned himself to the tabernacle to silence because he like what he obviously still comes to us in our prayer right, right. but he can't go visibly you don't get to see Christ as I'm looking at you right now yeah it's not his public ministry yeah he's anymore. done with his public ministry mm. and he needs us to go out to speak the name of Jesus and that's as simple as you can make apostolate that's what an apostle that's what an apostle does they go out on mission to talk about christ yeah and right at the beginning he says it's the charity of all charities yeah to do the work of the apostolate and he ties it to that i thirst yeah yeah like bring to me souls that quench that they're like dew on my lips that Mm -hmm. quench that thirst so god like he thirsts for our soul but he also thirsts for others through us and of course, I always love when St. Francis gets mentioned. Oh, yeah, I know. Love and cause to be loved, the love which is not loved. Can you break it down? Because <laughs> like, I had to read it like five times. Yeah, yeah. Love and cause to be loved. So first, it starts with our own interior life, our own loving. Uh, and Kara, we, you know, in our work with parishes and whatnot and diocesan ministry, it was the same. Mm-hmm. People would always want the practical. Mm-hmm. Give me the ten steps to renew my parish. Right. Give me the give me the curriculum that's going to change everything. Right. And we would always come back to the spiritual is the practical. Mm-hmm. Like it you starts with your life. interior life. Yeah. So uh, or it, prayer team. If it, yeah, if you want to bring others to love Christ, it, you have to love Him first. So mm-hmm. you see that in what Saint Francis is saying: love and cause to be loved that which is not loved. Mm-hmm. So that love you have for Christ comes out in how you love others and people are attracted to that love. That was what got me. Like, um, you know, I always talk about the Catholic theology professor that helped me become Catholic at a Protestant school. The first thing that got me was his witness. He walked into the room and I knew nothing about him, Mm -hmm. but there was just something about him that made me say, 
I want what he has. Yeah. And that's how it started, you know? Well, and then the the love which is not loved, that love is capitalized right there. So right. it's talking about it's talking about Christ. Right. Yeah. And in this chapter it says that the Holy Spirit is that love. Like he's that fire. Mm. So love which is not loved. I mean, it's talking right before that is talking about how millions of people don't believe in Christ. Right. Millions of people yeah. don't don't believe that there is a Jesus, you know, right. they don't believe in the faith. And so a love, which is not loved. I took that as love himself who right. is so regularly ignored. Right. You know, Kara, I saw too the value early on in the chapter, the value of what you often share that we need more homilies about hell. I know. And that might sound weird in this context. Yeah. But I remember he says, remember that a place exists where a soul can no longer say, Jesus, I have confidence in you. Save me. Mm -hmm. And he ties that to our work of the apostolate out of love. He says it depends on us whether more or fewer are saved. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important. Like we need that reminder that like this is, isn't just some doctrine that's separated from our daily life. Yeah. It actually has a purpose. Yeah. And it, and it should move you. Yeah. In yeah. love. Yeah. To cause to be loved that which is not, <laughs> you know. I think one of the things I was so drawn to in this chapter was just the theme of being hidden. Mm -hmm. I I think that's so beautiful because I think it takes a great trust and a great humility to remain hidden. Yeah. Because a lot of the times when we want to be heard, we want our opinions to be agreed with, you know, we want recognition. I I think I'll speak for myself, but I think it's more common. I think we do that coming from a place of insecurity. Like, mm -hmm. is my opinion valid? Right. You know, am I doing a good job? Someone tell me and appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And so to remain silent and to be comfortable being hidden, I think it's so beautiful because I think it just shows a a peace and a true humility to not need that like outside right. validation or recognition, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I liked that. And I liked the scripture example of um, Jesus and Mary and Joseph. Right. And I kind of mm -hmm. go back to that sometimes in my own interior prayer life. Like I can count on multiple hands, like how many times I would just have what I think as like righteous anger and right. I'm like, I need to go tell them blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like, did Mary shout from the you know staring at the cross did she shout like you all don't know what you're doing this is this right. is the savior you know she never did that yeah. so even if like i felt like it was righteous anger in my situation or if i felt like i was in the right to just sit down to pray with mary and her beautiful mm -hmm. silence she didn't have to like just yell out that she knew what was happening and that everyone was being ridiculously right. crazy crucifying Christ. Yeah. But like, like, I don't know, her example has always been something yeah. that I relate to a lot in those moments. In a loving mother sort of way, of course she might have had some righteous anger in there. Oh, I'm sure You're there was. my son. Yeah, but she pr took it to prayer as yeah. a suffering mo mother, you know? How she endured yeah. was that pondering all things in her heart and she knew her about. a sword would pierce right. her heart like this was that moment of suffering yeah. and I, th I think that's why he he states this so clearly and Kara, i think we kind of reword it to the spiritual is the practical mm -hmm. you know but he says before the apostle of word and action there is the apostle of prayer and suffering mm -hmm. uh, without which the external apostle would be nothing so it has to be rooted in that place of prayer yeah the classic book the soul of the apostolate states it this way like 
we can be so busy doing the works of God that we neglect the God of works. Mm-hmm. That's so true when you work in ministry. It, it is. I, I think that's the hardest thing about serving in ministry, whether you're in you know, paid ministry or volunteer, is mm-hmm. that when you do that, you have to have a strong enough faith not to lose it. Yeah. You know, or just not even just those working in ministry, but we always like we have a wealth of knowledge of prayer, of spirituality in the Catholic Church that sometimes it's almost like an overload of I could do liturgy the hours, then I'm going to go pray my holy hour, then I'm going to sit down with this book. And like you have this spiritual to do list that you get so wrapped up in the works that you want to do for God that you forget that he's a person and he just wants you to like actually be in a relationship right. with him. Yeah. So I don't even think it's only for those working in ministry. I think for those who are really striving to grow, sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy for us to fall into that too. Yeah. Sometimes too, we can be so consumed with feeding ourselves Yeah. that we forget to feed others, like consuming this podcast, that podcast, that book and this book. And yeah, we are edified with it, we grow, but we're not sharing it with others. Mm-hmm. So our thirst is being quenched, but Christ's thirst for them through for their us souls, yeah. is not. Yeah. Well, and in the same way, like that can be in a visible apostolate and praying for them and preaching right. and missionary, but right. it can also be in you feed them through your prayer Absolutely. for them. Yeah. yeah. And I Which think, he even says that yeah, in here. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes, I don't know why I'm just so drawn to the the hidden. I don't know. I just, I, I think I desire that yeah. and I don't know how to like go about that, but right. like just that, I love that. Anyways, so the story of Therese and mm-hmm. you know, her, what her sister said, I have always loved this story and I think I've quoted it several times in various different yes. places yeah. because it's one of my favorites. But the thing that stood out to me this time as I was reading is that it's, it was Therese who overheard her saying this that never stood out to me before. She was, so obviously you all read it, but Therese was, you know, sick and she overheard someone talking about her in the kitchen saying Mm -hmm. that she never did anything that was worth recounting. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, can you imagine if like you were on your deathbed, right? You're preparing to hopefully see Christ. And someone says, you know, she, she never did anything worth recounting. She never did anything extraordinary. Like, yeah. How crushing would that be? Yes. But to see like who she has become and this beautiful, relatable saint, I think that was just so this time was so beautiful to me to be like, she heard her say that. Yeah. You know, the patroness of all missionaries and she never left the convent, never left the convent, never did anything extraordinary according to her sisters. Yeah. But in her heart was the desire to die all martyrdoms Mm -hmm. and to preach the gospel everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, literally. It's a good. And through her prayer, she's doing that. She's doing that now. And she did it then in the convent. Like she would look at the newspaper and see what was going on in the world and then start praying for those people, for their conversions, for their successes, whatever Mm -hmm. it was. I think she's a beautiful example for, and just just this hidden life is a beautiful example of what the apostolates can be. Like it doesn't have to be you start a podcast. It doesn't have to be you open up this nonprofit. It can just be you are a silent prayer right. for all of those in the world struggling. And I would argue that's the most that's important. That's the most one. important. Yeah. What, in Soul of the Postulate, you can quote this way better than I can. What's that part where it says like like a, a group of, or the convent or praying sisters can accomplish far more than like oh, one, you know what I'm right. talking about, one missionary or something. Yep. But I think that really just that idea really gets at the heart of everything. Cause even in the book, he talks about 
this is this book was written 50 years ago right and how he explains the culture is still true today yeah yeah and he's talking about you know think of the ignorance the indifference of the masses who are without christ either in life or death these multitudes without god think of the millions of pagans who cover the world in greater numbers each day sheep outside the fold but he says he thinks that today there are more souls than ever in cloisters and also in the world entirely given to Jesus in complete confidence and total abandonment without anything which distinguishes them from others hidden like the Nazarene. Mm-hmm. So we see the very public negative side right. of the faith or lack of faith. And yet he argues 50 years ago, which I, I would hope is even more true. Right. He argues that we live in a time where the hidden apostolate mm. is far greater than yeah. ever before. Yeah. And that's so, yeah. so beautiful to me. Kara, I feel like that part in particular, like I, I'm realizing like how much this book has shaped Draw Near and everything mm-hmm. we're trying to do in our own apostolate. Mm-hmm. I would even say individually and together. Yeah. Um, you know, I see that in there. If anyone hasn't read our I see a movement mm-hmm. on our website. It's on our about page. Mm-hmm. Just click the the more. <laughs> because yeah, because I love how he starts that part. His first sentence is, I am not a pessimist. And I think that's the same for us. Like we can't spend as much time as, as we have spent with young adults in particular sharing this idea of the interior life as the priority of the apostolate and having to come first in love of Christ spilling out. I, I love that language. We are a chalice filled up with Mm -hmm. the love of God that's poured out on everybody around us. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. You have to be filled up first, too. That gets at that, too. You have to be filled first before you can go out. I I remember last year we did um, a school faculty retreat together, and that very phrase came up, and we asked the question and then went for break. What's in your chalice? Mm -hmm. What is it that it's being spilled out on those around you? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it Christ? Is it his love or is it negativity? negativity. Is it gossip? Mm-hmm. Because whatever's in your chalice, it's still being spilled out on everyone around you. And what's being spilled out might potentially be what you're being filled up with. So right. who are you surrounding yourself exactly. with? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned some of this is, has been relating to a lot of the things that we are trying to do in our own apostolate. And both Fred and I, when we were starting to record this one for you all, we're like, oh, that last page, (laughs) that was so good. And so on the last page, and I think, again, this doesn't just hold true to those visible apostolates. Um, This holds true to you as a lay person who's on mission, whether that's hidden or public. And it says on page 192, finally, I insist, hold fast always with the same tenacity. Hold fast to an immense confidence in your apostolate. Often our Lord hides from the apostle the fruit of his work, of his fatigue, in order to keep him humble and to test his faith by a holy divine wisdom. Learn how to say, I do not expect my reward here below. Even if you do not see the results of your prayers, your supplications, and your efforts, believe. Believe. Amen. I love that. And yeah. I think it's so true. Like you look at St. Francis, who he quoted, who was only in ministry for what, 12 years, 14 years? 12 years, yeah. 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 And he died with a tiny group of men following at him. 44. Yes. Mm. And yet, 800, yeah, 44 years old. Mm. And yet, 800 
years later. Still renewing the church. Exactly. Look at all of the orders that have come up because of him. Look at the ways that he has changed the world, him and Claire. Mm. But they didn't get to see that, you know? And so I think that's so true for all of us. In fact, he was discouraged at the end of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Which which this is telling you, don't be. You might not get to see it. God's keeping you humble, but he's going to do it. And I think that's so true, especially for, you know, those praying grandmas out there, those praying parents uh, or siblings um, Mm. where you're praying for, you know, your family to come back to the faith. You might not see it. You might not see the ways that they are slowly re-encountering the Lord. Right. But you just have to trust that your prayers are doing something. And that is being an apostle in your own right in in a hidden way. And so I, I love that because... Like, especially for us now, Fred and I are just really kind of starting to get get going on our own apostolate. We're full time in this together. We're full time now. And it can be discouraging sometimes. But Mm. hearing things like hold fast to your apostolate, you may not see the fruit. I think Mm. it really just gives um, gives a new light to, you know what, he's going to do it. Like we have to believe that, you know. I love how he ties it to some scripture passages that we don't. As Catholics, I don't know that we'd necessarily ordinarily think of in this way, but John fifteen five, mm-hmm, Ab- abide in me, and I in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me, and you and you will bear mm-hmm. much fruit. Mm-hmm. He never promised that you'd see it, mm-hmm. but he did promise that you would bear much fruit only if you abide, abide in, in him. him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the promise he's trying to encourage us to to hold fast to. Jesus promised you will bear much fruit if you abide in Him, mm-hmm. trust in Him. And um, Mark eleven twenty four, whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive and you shall. Yeah. And those verses are kind of linked together. Yeah. And I love how he rewords that very common saintly prayer, St. John Bosco, give me souls, take all else away. Mm-hmm. And he says, no offense to St. John Bosco, that's a good prayer to pray. Yeah. But he's a, here's an even better prayer. In light of Mark. In light of Mark eleven twenty four. In light of John fifteen five. In light of having confidence in your apostolate and bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. Lord, thank you for the souls that I have already won, even though I have not seen it, simply because you've promised that I will. Yeah. So you're waking up at three four three in the morning and someone's in your mind. Maybe he's moving your heart. That's your apostolate. Mm-hmm. They're not just like when those, when people come into, I love to use that example because I think it's the simplest. Mm-hmm. Like people don't necessarily just come to your mind for no reason. Yeah. Pray for them. Yeah. They probably need your prayers. Kara, I don't know how many times we've right. even just as friends, we've experienced that. Right. Hey, I'm praying for you. Well, it just so happens. That's good. I needed it. I mm-hmm. needed that right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Along with that, those people you pray for, you might just pray them right into heaven. Yeah. yeah. And, and you don't get to see it this side, but that, that was one of the parts. It's on page 191 that stood out to me. Uh, it says, how happy you will be in heaven for having spent yourself to gain souls who will be there also for all eternity thanks to you. And you might not know it's thanks to you. You might be the person who was praying for them every single night, but some missionary came along and spoke truth into their life. And like, that's who they associate their conversion to. Mm. That's okay. Both have won the soul for the Lord, but God also knows in the heart, like who has done that work. And Mm. again, it's about the apostolate of prayer and suffering first. So prayers, are what prepare that person's heart for a missionary to come in and speak truth into it. So that matters. So you have won that soul. And it says, remember that each soul one wins others. That's how we're going to renew the church. Yeah. Right. And it says, 
and that you will be forever the spiritual father or mother of a multitude of elect who will come to seek you out upon your arrival at the door of paradise. I love that imagery. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of C.S. Lewis's Great Divorce where yeah. there's one of the the characters in it is a woman and people are following her around. And mm-hmm. that was the explanation. They're like, why are people following her around? And it was because she was on earth, their spiritual mother, the one who brought them Right. to heaven with her essentially yeah. i just think that's so beautiful because i think it's super easy to get discouraged in the faith whether mm-hmm. you work in the faith dre youth minister or you know you're an unpaid volunteer or you're a parent it's super easy to get discouraged mm-hmm. when you don't get to see the fruit right and i think this just is like it should at least it, it has for me i think it should build that hope like I want to see them in heaven. I want to welcome them when they get there. I want them to welcome me when I get there. Like that brings so much hope and letting go of like, well, they're not coming back to church. Well, they don't love Jesus anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. let all that go and have the hope that he loves them more than you love them and wants to see them in heaven more than you want to see them in heaven. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Kara, I think with that perhaps is the challenge because it is hard to see the fruit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we, we've done in ministry settings, but even in personal conversations, like sometimes we don't find out that we've mm-hmm. had any impact on anybody until maybe it's long after. If at all. If at all. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I, maybe just a challenge to encourage you, like if somebody has had that impact in your life, mm-hmm. they might be in the middle of a dry season right now. Yeah. And just that little nugget of encouragement. Yeah. Thank you for being that person in my life you know I I don't know maybe that's a good challenge for you scripture actually says that I never noticed it until there was one time I was praying in adoration and I was like okay God bring a scripture passage to my mind and I'll flip to it and I'll pray with that scripture passage and the woman at the well came to my mind Mm -hmm. and then I was like no I already know that one I don't like (laughs) bring a different one to my mind and then I was like okay fine like I said I would Mm so I flipped to that one read through it all and then it was after the woman goes back to the town and Jesus is there with his, his apostles. And he says, it's true what they say. One will sow, another will reap. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the whole passage that stood out to me because it was like the work that I was doing at that time, I'm just sowing the seeds. Right. Another person is going to come in and they're going to reap the harvest yeah. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So trusting that, I mean, he tells you that's what's going to happen. So trusting <laughs> right. that what you're doing now is is worth doing and it is in a postulate and contributing to the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And especially if we believe 1 Corinthians 12 is true. The pinky toe, Kara, your pinky toe speech. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mystical body. Every person has a role. Mm-hmm. It says if you are, you know, if you are an ear and you wish you were an eye, you can't do that because you need the ear. Like everybody right. has a purpose. And yeah, I always say, even if you feel like you're the pinky toe, mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like, I was a dancer. Pinky, You need a pinky toe for balance. It's right. very important. <laughs> so even the smallest r- role or mm-hmm. seeming small, it is a very important task. You are a very important person in the body of Christ and you have a role. And I guess that's the takeaway for me from this chapter is just the like having confidence in what mm-hmm. your role is and that it it is so important. But even if it's just something small and not visible, it's a, yeah. a hidden apostolate, you know. And sometimes the smallest things are actually the biggest. St. Therese. Therese. <laughs> oh, that- <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a good place to end i feel like we both say saint therese at the same time <laughs> nice saint therese pray for us <laughs> <laughs>